up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, and we are hanging out here on this Friday afternoon. It's 2 o'clock. It's Friday. I, Corey DLG, Mayor of the Weekend, officially declare the week over. Uh, what do you think of that, Nico? I mean, yeah, pretty much that pretty much solves it. There it is. Mayor, Mayor of the Weekend, Corey DLG, you're free to go. Dismissed. Dis and dismissed. 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 That's a weird word, right? Dismiss. Yeah. It feels like two or three words put together. Correct. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Look at that. We solved that. <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on. Like I said, like I said yesterday, it started to get busy all of a sudden in the pop culture world. Well, it's because uh, it's, it's what happens when you save up your reveals for a whole year. That is. It really and then, is. like half of this one. <laughs> So for those who were monitoring the Facebook page yesterday, uh, we here at Nerdthug Radio, yet again, were right on the button. We were brilliantly correct about almost everything we said, as always. Um, Hasbro announced the Wave 2 lineup of Age of Apocalypse action figures, and we correctly guessed the identity of six out of the seven. Right, and the I seventh one, of, I didn't want to say. Of, I guess. <laughs> Five out of six? Well, well because Sabretooth had already been announced. So. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Guessing Sabretooth really isn't is really that. I guess Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. All of that being said, I guess we'll go over the lineup here. They, they officially announced it. It's Magneto. It's Rogue. It's Iceman. It's Cyclops, it's Sabretooth, and it's Kitty Pride. Not a... And Legion. Can't forget Legion. And then Legion, who's the cause of Age of Apocalypse. So, that is the seven-figure lineup, and it's a build-a-figure lineup, and they build the Age of Apocalypse Colossus, which is a perfect one. We were saying, like, we hope that's the build-a-figure. I guess we were actually right about that, too, so I guess it goes back to six out of seven. Yeah, come on, give us that, give us that bonus points because we were right the whole That's time. Right. Bonus points. Um, so I'm excited about that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. If you're looking forward to getting it, get your orders in right away, because Hasbro Pulse, their website under pre-orders, Iceman and Sabretooth are already sold out. Like I don't even know how you. I don't sell so hard that like. Maybe I'm just, like, underestimating the amount of, like, people who are excited about this. I think you clearly are. I mean, that part, I think, goes without saying. But I think it's, uh, I think it's impressive. Now, I'm a little disappointed in Hasbro, though. Or maybe it's Diamond I'm disappointed. I'm not sure. Um, so, Probably obviously, Diamond. we have a great relationship with the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Uh, Nico's going to tell you about them later on in this episode. Uh, but we, we, I order all my nerd stuff through them as much of my nerd stuff as possible. If I don't buy it directly from a convention, I probably ordered it from them. Uh, and I've had my order for the House of X action figure line. I've had it in since, you know, January-ish. Now, I was warned it would take a while. Um, uh, Bill did tell me that Hasbro fills Diamond's orders basically last. So around late February, early March, I started seeing the House of X figures kind of in the wild at different places we would go to. So I knew that I was due to get my figures soon. But now fast forward, here we are at the end of May, and I still have not gotten my House of X figures. Oh, when you look at that. Yeah, come on, Hasbro. Get your stuff together. Get your stuff together. I blame Diamond, mainly because I hate them more. It does feel like like if there was a group that wasn't delivering in their part of the process, it does feel like it would be Diamond. Like, if you had three kids and you knew one of them was likely to be the problem child, you would just go to them first. You'd be like, hey, this is wrong. Diamond, is it you? And they'd be like, no. Well, let me check. Yes. Maybe. 
it says here that we're going to ship it in February. Um, so it's so on you my should phone. get it about a month after that. Diamond <laughs> is February a month? No. Where's my action figures? I sold them for crack. Diamond, we talked about this. Uh, real problem. <laughs> what a use creation that went from on top of the world to literally irrelevant. It's interesting to me how they are really still kind of in this weird place. And I don't know. We can talk about this for a few minutes. I think this is probably worth a conversation. So they were the exclusive distributor, basically, of all comic books of relevance. To all the shops in America. If you had a, a comic book store, you ordered from Diamond. And you might do some business with some other distributors, maybe a gaming company or something, but, pretty, but primarily you did your work with Diamond. Um, and the pandemic really kind of completely altered that. Over a yeah. year ago now, the pandemic closed Diamond for about two and a half months. And if if you were basing your business model solely on diamond, that meant one day you showed up and and, and ninety percent of your products stopped coming into your store. Um, just now, completely granted, gone. There's very few small businesses that would be able to survive that. Uh, now, granted, there are stores that have built their business where diamond is a, a component, but not the only piece of it. Um. Space Cadets, Miss Jen, did an amazing job building a brand new distribution network on the fly where she basically reached out to um, everybody, creators, publishers, stores. And she started a, a secret Facebook group where she reached out to these people, put them all in the same room. And she said, yeah, if you're still open and want to sell books, these are people who have books to sell. These are publishers who are willing to get books to you to sell. And from there, it just kind of organically grew. And a couple people have said, uh, I was on the phone with Titan Comics for a store in Dallas for some other, for some other business. And they, they told me uh, privately that, that the last couple of years have been really, really good because comic books are strong. You just don't realize it because Diamond is kind of a limiting factor in the whole equation. Um yeah, they screwed up pretty bad. <laughs> well, it's it's the it's the it's it's why monopolies don't succeed when they get to the it it was legitimately I think one of the like most obvious monopolies I've ever seen in my life. Right. Although I do think they survived a lawsuit at one point where somebody did say that and they said, "Well, listen, just because we exclusively sell DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Valiant, and the top 200 publishers in America doesn't mean that we are a monopoly. Um, Which is the most roundabout way of saying we're a monopoly. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, we, we have the exclusive rights to Ford, Toyota, Honda. You know, you can only buy those cars from us, but I mean, like, if you wanted to buy a Buick, you can't. <laughs> right yeah i don't i'm not sure how they got around it but so during the pandemic when when they closed everything first dc and then marvel and then the other publishers started going well wait a minute we're gonna keep selling books yeah so DC diamond made was a deal like, with the diamond just, just we're done and just walked out and then everyone was like what do you mean you're done yeah yeah what are you what are you doing so dc said no 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 no, no. we're not we're not quitting on this they made deals with a couple different regional companies. Uh, from all of that, one really proved themselves superior and excelled and is still distributing DC books now nationally. Um, and that's, I believe it's called Lunar. And I think they're actually partly owned by Midtown Comics, uh, which is one of the largest company, one of the largest comic shops in America. Um and then Marvel went to went went an interesting route, but they went the other way, and they went to book publisher Penguin. Right, which and, have been around forever. They've been shipping books for as long as you can remember, and they don't. And I think that was it knows exactly how to do shipping. You know, like they know how to get things. 
They've been shipping graphic novels. They've been doing all this. And so it was really, it, it was a good, the big companies made good choices there. And then the little guys kind of got to follow suit or figure out their own way. But what it all meant for Diamond was trouble. Right, because two of your largest... ninety I mean, 80% supply, of the market. 90% yeah. of the market. From underneath you. And not necessarily. You could be... still... You could still order from Diamond. When Diamond reopened, you could still order DC and Marvel from Diamond for a limited time, but slowly but surely, they've moved over to where first choice is going to be on the other distributors. Right. Um, so you could have stayed with Diamond, but really the question becomes... Why would you stay with Diamond? Exactly. They already had kind of a strained relationship with the marketplace. So to me, this sort of just makes it... It's, this pretty much nails in the coffin of like, yeah, Diamond is pretty much dead. Right. And so there are guys like uh, Dennis Berger out there in Chicago who hasn't actually had a comic shop for a long time. He still orders from Diamond regularly for his customers who have subscription pull boxes and things of that nature. He's been doing just straight collectibles and memorabilia now for a while, and he's been rather successful doing that. Uh, Miss Jen literally just kind of created her own distribution network. Um, you know, th- there are other people with these other options, and it's it's pretty obvious that Diamond, by giving these other people these opportunities to move away, created their own downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when you give these people this ability to do this without you, you don't get to come back and go, don't you miss me? Because they've ironed out the kinks at this point. They No, they do not miss you. Right, especially when they weren't offering any, like, positive service ever. Right, charging like, for it, shipping and, and, and just in general, they were having trouble. They always issued credits way down the line. It was, it was kind of a complicated and, and frustrating process to deal with them in the first place. So overall, it wasn't as though they were all that customer-friendly to begin with. Right. So when 80% of their sales or their every every pretty much every major thing underneath them rates and then when you're no longer the only one in town, it all of a sudden becomes why would you choose me? And if the answer is I wouldn't because you're not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> why would you choose me? Oh no, I wouldn't. I, that, no, I don't want to. <laughs> That's not a question. I'm not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> not a good feeling. Right then, it, then it just then it just kind of boils down to this company is effectively like a, like a giant like it was like like a giant that's like already like he's just like sad and dying alone. Wow, like it's an <laughs> artifact of a time that like is now gone. A bygone era. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Because, like, now that, like, why does Diamond need to exist? Honestly, I mean, what they're proving is that they don't. And that's not, when you're doing, when you're doing a case study for a business model, you don't want to prove the negative. You don't want to prove that people don't need you. You should be trying to prove that people should need you. But I don't, it doesn't seem like they are. Right. I go to Diamond to get all my indie books. Oh, wait, no, I don't. I go to Diamond for my big books. Wait, no, I don't. Right. So it's kind of um yeah, I don't know. Like I they they've they've eliminated themselves from the market in so many ways. In so many ways. It's uh, crazy. It's crazy how much the pandemic really opened everyone's eyes how just terrible they were. Well, and, and to be clear, I don't think anybody needed to be told. I think people knew. People already knew, but like because they were like, yeah, we're done. We're going to dip. And then the industry was like, well, we're going to try and keep going, so I guess we're going to do it without you. Right, and I think that was sort of the mistake. I think that's for the... It just feels like, it almost feels like hubris. Like, they were like, well, we're too big to fail. Marvel and DC would never leave. And then Marvel and DC are like, we're trying to sell books. Right, and I, and I do think this happened on that front, because I, I do think what, what came up was, I suspect somewhere in their contracts, while they were exclusive to Diamond, Diamond needed to be shipping in order to maintain that exclusivity. And so what I do think happened is when Diamond closed down for two yes, months. Stopped shipping. I think that I think then 
there was, and I don't know this. I'm not basing this on anything. I'm not basing this on any conversation I've had with anybody. I suspect though that in that contract somewhere there was a stop work clause of some kind, where possibly DC and Marvel have to mitigate their losses. So if for some reason Diamond was unable to fulfill orders, then they were free to take those orders someplace else. Yeah, and I mean that would make sense. That feels like something a big business would do in a contract when you're signing an exclusivity agreement. Like, I'm only going to be exclusive to you as long as you can keep your end of the bargain up. Yeah, when they were like, no, we're going to be done with it for right now. They're like, all right, good job. You just ruined the best deal you've ever had. Right. Well, well, yeah, because they still owe it to, you know, here's the thing about comic books is it, it in order to be monthly, and this is what I'm learning and struggling with, you've got to work in advance. So, like, I'm still at the point where I build a book as I go. And so it takes me months in between each issue to get going. But where Marvel and DC are at is they're literally working four to six months ahead. Um, Well, let's look at this. During the House of X, Powers of X launch for this Krakoa era, the Vita Yala Children of the Atom book was originally slated to be one of the first releases. Mm. And... More than likely, these first couple issues were already, they've been probably done for over a year, I would suspect. Um, because those other books are 18 and 20 issues old. Right. And so, Children of the Atom winds up rolling out post uh, X Swords of Krakoa, whatever it's called. Um, Swords of X or whatever it's called, because it, it helped change the landscape a little bit. Also, they needed other stuff to happen. They needed the outlaw laws to happen, where the champions—it's against the law for the champions to be active—and all those, all the teen, all the different little things that needed to happen in the Marvel universe in order for Children of the Atom to make sense. They needed right. the Marvel universe to catch up to them, which is like, um, crazy. But they work so far in advance, so Marvel and DC can't af—I say can't afford—they're not going broke, but they can't afford. To not be shipping those books. Right. Now, there was a bunch of stuff that got cut and left on the wayside. Marvel, it looks like there were basically, I think Bleeding Cool was keeping track at one point. There was like 20 books, 20 different titles that had been announced that didn't come out. Um, Warriors, the the worst designed team in the whole universe. That's true. That still hasn't seen the light of day. And that one probably never will. That one probably, that probably died on the vine. Um, it's called it's called having the worst reveal trailer in the history of man. That thing was terrible. It just it just didn't land. Whatever they were going for, it it just did not. It didn't. It there didn't was happen. so much better. Like any of these characters, well, there was like an infinitely more. There was an infinitely better way to do it. And they just... also did one of the characters take the secret internet juice. Yeah, internet gas. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what it was. That, that's terrible. That's, I mean, it was just, it was his all name, bad. His name was literally Screen Time. It was terrible. Yes. <laughs> he was they, literally they a human smartphone. Wasn't one of them named Snowflake? Yeah, Snowflake. Yeah, see, I mean, they knew what they were doing. And then they had a twin brother named something. Fire or something? Protect or like wall something. I don't remember. Firewall? No. His power wasn't like because I don't even remember. I don't. I don't remember either. Don't they were siblings, and it was terrible. It wasn't. But, it wasn't good. And all their all their powers didn't make any sense, and they were all terrible. And the character design was awful. We did spend a good amount of time laughing at this. It just wasn't good, and I don't. I'm. I'm kind of happy. It's just never going to come out now. I did think the vampire one was clever, but I don't remember who it was or why I thought it was clever. I just remember. Uh, it's, 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 I think it's it's a My Chemical Romance meme. It's like. That, yeah, a reference to that, and I think I remember being like, "Oh, I really love that." Yeah, because uh, they're they're like they're like an edgy teenager, and they look like they're from My Chemical Romance. It's right, fine. Duh. Yeah, like that was you. That was you. <laughs> I was. I wish I had a, like a cooler like high school story where I was like all gothed out and emo and all that, but like it just was never my thing. Like that looks like you were completely normal. You just listen to all the emo music. I did. It was funny. My buddy, you know, a friend of the show, Tom exact, we grew up together. He was the one who would get like the lip piercing. He would wear the mohawks, the purple hair. 
but his family and his, his home situation was so loving and supportive and all that. And he was the one who listened to like the heavy punk, like Dead Kennedys uh, and a lot of the ska. Like, and it was funny because I would tease him to them, like, what are you rebelling against? And he was always like, why aren't you rebelling harder? And I was like, I'm too busy fighting with people. Like, I'm too busy fighting with everyone to safety pin patches to my jacket. And like, I was. I was doing the real rebelling back then, I thought. And I was I was too busy doing terrible things to sit around and make it a fashion choice. <laughs> but it's fun. It is funny because I used to tease him. I used to be like, What were you rebelling against? And he was like, I don't know. Man. And he wasn't even angry. He just like he just loved that just that loud cool. sort of <laughs> presence. He thought it was so hardcore. It's cool, man. It's cool. He's cool. Uh, Nico, go ahead and tell everybody about the Adventure Begins comics game some more. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the Aaron Taylor Johnson casting. We're going to talk about uh, what was it? Mitchell and the Machines. Uh, we're going to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about some things here. So we'll be back here in a minute. Nico, go ahead and tell everybody about the Adventure Begins comics games and more. Comics games and more is open and at full operating hours. Uh, you're going to need a mask if you want to come inside, but they do have options available if you want to be a little bit more uh, safe. They do have table space available, and events are back up. Have been for a very long time now. Uh, Friday, that's today, at 6pm is the Star Wars X-Wing Casual Meetup. Saturday, May 29th at 2pm is the Pokemon Meetup. And Saturday, uh, that's at 2pm, and then Saturday, May 29th at 6pm is Hammer Time. That's Warhammer Tabletop. Uh, the uh, the war game, and then on Tuesdays they have the rotating Digimon, and I will be there next Tuesday, so June first, June first, uh, yes it is. Yes, that feels right. Yeah, uh, June first, I'll be there. I right there at the adventure. Fantastic store, wonderful staff, well lit, family friendly. It's a great store. Get all your nerd needs, your comic books, your your for your your anime lovers they even got like figures and tabletop stuff board games obviously card games sleeves anything minis i don't i I always look at them and be like man it'd be cool to play D &D." and then i never (laughs) (laughs) that's the spirit though that's just what most most people do when they look at D D stuff they're always like this would be cool to do and then they don't but um, I, I, I'm enjoying playing D and I'm having a blast doing it. Um, and, uh, we met most of the group met through the adventure begins comics games and more. Cause it's a great community. It's a great place. My books are on the shelf. Actually, I think I'm sold out of everything right now. <gasps> um, or you sold out. I mean, well, not in the, not in the other phrase, but you, they can't buy it. It's interesting. It, I'm, I'm really happy for bill. I'm glad that. I haven't cost him money in that regard. Um, you know, he, he really kind of has been very supportive of us with the show, but also just me in general as an artist. And so it's been really cool to see my stuff on his shelf and then also see it coming off of his shelf. So I want to keep making books that he keeps buying and you guys keep supporting. And that's kind of the goal. Uh, and as we build Nerd Thug Radio, we're, we're working – in the background to do more with Nerds Like Radio and get bigger and larger. The goal is to keep growing everything else with it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in order to do that, you have to you have to deliver when people support you. Right. So it feels good. It's a little rewarding. Yeah, very cool. But, but financially, I mean, I, I got paid on that stuff a long time ago. So, <laughs> like, when it comes off the shelf, in one aspect, I'm like, good, man. Yes, that's a good feeling. And then the other part of me is kind of like, meh. <laughs> I already got paid for it, so it's fine. When Chumbawamba had their album came out, uh, somebody <laughs> somebody said, hey, uh, where should the kids go buy your album? And he said, oh, I don't care where they buy it. I already I got paid the second the store ordered it. Frankly, I think they should steal it. <laughs> that's the wrong attitude to have. You got to support your stores. But I do kind of get what he's saying, where he's like, well, I already got my checks, so anywhere? (laughs) 
but you should go to Adventure Begins Comics Games and more. It's, that's where you start if you're trying to buy books by Corey DLG. There you go. Uh, and we'll be right back here right after this break. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Nico, how was that break for you? You okay? You handle it? You all right? I don't know. I don't know if I'll recover. Okay. Well, you know, whatever you got to do, man. Whatever you got to do. Um, Watching a lot of like, clips of The Sopranos on YouTube. That's how they get um, you, man. They're well, I've already like... watched. I already I went through and I watched it all a long time ago. Uh, not a, I'm probably like three, four years ago. I went through and watched the whole series on Amazon Prime, I think. And um, there's just like it's funny. It just makes me think of different things that like I remember from the show. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They're gonna. It's funny because they're gonna kill this guy like in a season. Like <laughs> they'll be talking to somebody and, and you know, turns around like, I love you. I don't know what I would do without you. And then it's, it's like, like, oh, he's gonna. Yeah, he, he dies kill like four episodes from, from now. Uh, so you can't you can't trust them, man. Can't trust them. Um, okay, so let's do this first, and then we'll do the Mitchell and the, and the machines. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is is playing what I think is going to be his fourth superhero comic book role. Cool. He's been cast as Craven the Hunter under Sony Studios to fit into their universe of Spider-Man and his villains. Right. Because we still got the next Venom movie. Ooh. That's right. Venom 2 is about to come out. Let There Be Carnage. Woody Harrelson plays Carnage. I don't know. I feel like Woody Harrelson's too old to be Cletus Cassidy, but maybe I don't know enough about Cletus Cassidy. I really only remember the Maximum Carnage storyline. Um... Cletus Cassidy. So, Maximum Carnage though was cool because Venom and Spider Man had to team up, and like each of each each of their set of friends had to join in and help fight Carnage and his lackeys, and it was really interesting. It's probably not what we're gonna get out of this movie, but I am intrigued. I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to see some senseless superhero fun. So I'm excited for that. Um, is Black Widow ever going to come out? Is that is that soon? When is that? Who knows? Honestly, I don't, know. I don't actually, actually know. <laughs> I, I don't either off the top of my head anymore. I feel like it's coming up June, maybe, but maybe I'm totally wrong about that again. I thought it was May, but I, I don't think it came out. So, Considering it's already, we only got like three days left in May. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Cruella DeVille came out this week. I do want to see that. It. The costumes look really impressive, and I'm and I'm and I'm always a fan of whatever Emma Stone's working on. Um, so I do want to see that. It's but, a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird spot. I, man, but have you seen like the costumes in Krill? I know we've just completely shifted from Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven Hunter, but the costumes have just been like crazy. Have you seen them? I, I've seen I've seen the trailers. I don't think I've seen all of them. So I've seen like one or two of the trailers, but like. Everything she's wearing is like nuts crazy, and I'm always like, Man, that's that's so crazy looking. Like, and then there's a picture where it looks like they spray painted her face, and there's like words on her face. I don't, man, like, 
again. The like, visuals really grab you in this. Yeah, it's just like I'm just saying, like as a concept, no one would be like, "Hey, we should do a movie based on Corella Deville from 101." Oh yeah, and I I don't know. Genius, I don't know Larry. That was that's what we're gonna put on our thing. Right, and then you get Emma Stone to be Cruella, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where they got that. I don't know how they landed that. That is the impressive part of that. I just think it's funny because it's like, that's a weird choice. I'm not against oh, it. It's just weird. Oh, it's definitely a weird choice. I, I'm with you 100% on that. How did they get here? Um, how did we get here? Yeah. Another day goes but, by. Yeah. days go by. Water, water. I, I wish I knew more of the words, but I know days go by. Yeah, that's it. Me too. This is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. Uh, ask ourselves, how did we get here? Days go by. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Just add on repeat forever. <laughs> just just muttered out loud over and over again. Um, Muttered. Not a word. Felt right, though. Yeah, good enough. I think muttered actually is a word. Muttered is a word. Yeah, okay. Look at that. I knew words when I don't know words. Yeah. Um. So here's what I think is going to happen. Claiming that, not a word. Yeah, immediately jumped on my own like word. So Aaron Taylor Johnson, he's been kick-ass. He was in the Godzilla movie. He was Quicksilver. Uh, now he's Craven the Hunter. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll show up in some sort of post credit scene or like a weird 10-minute cameo in Morbius. Morbius. Uh, which is the Jared Leto vampire movie, which also is part of the Spider-Man universe. That's going to come out, I guess, the end of this year. Uh, Who knows probably, anymore? Probably Halloween-ish. It feels like a good fit. I mean, that'd be nice. Or, I mean, or you avoid it completely and you don't do a movie about a guy with a disease coming off of a pandemic. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but he's a vampire and people like vampires, so I think it balances itself out. And it's Jared Leto. I like him. I don't know why, because he seems like when you get into his personal life, he seems like a real creepy dude. I don't know. I like 30 Seconds to Mars. It's fine. I do, Man, I do too. I love a lot of their music. But when you find out he lives on an island where he walks around in like a sheet and like uh, it's him and like 40 women or something. Um, Look, I, leaves I, me with, he doesn't leaves judge my <laughs> <laughs> As long as Jared Leto doesn't judge you, you won't judge him. Yeah. I think Jared Leto's that. like Jared Leto's rolling up on like, hey bro, this guy does a podcast. I'll be like, whatever, Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, get your go back to your island, Jared. Yeah, Jared does feel like a name like you can kind of slur pretty hard. Yeah, why we're good? Uh, that's why we're good friends with Jared from from Adventure Begins. <laughs> that's Jared. I know, but it's close enough. See, that doesn't slur. The k is where it, like you get like <laughs> whatever Jared. Like, I don't know. It's it gets pretty good. Hard. But Jared, I could drop some bombs on it, you know, eh. to really layer it in there. Eh. Um, Craven the Hunter, though, is kind of an odd choice because he's never had his own title. He's never been his own character, really. He's always been sort of part of a story, but he's supposed to be getting his own movie here. And that is intriguing to me. Yeah, because isn't his whole bit like hunting the Spider-Man? His whole bit is that he's the world's greatest hunter. And so right. eventually that brings him to New York to hunt the Spider-Man, yes. He's and that's where they cross paths. And then that's where he's introduced to the Spider-Man mythos. Right. And joins the Sinister Six. And then, which I think, yeah, like, are, are, we just, are we just building up to that? Is that what we're doing? We're, are we doing we're, bad? We're doing, <laughs> I think we're doing bad guy Avengers is what it looks like. I don't know, but I'm not totally sure about that. And also, it feels like we're about to do Sinister Six in this third Spider-Man movie. Depending on what you believe about the rumors, I thought they said they weren't going to do the crossover. I well, they didn't. They said the Spider Man's aren't going to be. Andrew Garfield has made it pretty clear he's not in the movie, but maybe he is, and he's just messing with people. But Alfred Molina, he's already flat out said that. Like, yeah, it picks up right where Doc Ock's story leaves off. That's crazy. But I don't even remember where his story left off. Like, I'd have to watch that again. Well, like it doesn't. Doesn't he lose his arms? Because he gets like something happens to him, right? At the end of Spider Man does he, 2? Does he die? I don't remember. I thought he died. 
Because like he has that like he has like that weird heart to heart at the end of the movie where like he, he realizes that he's like been the worst the whole time. I have no idea. He like I sacrifices himself. That's how much that movie didn't impact my life at all. I don't. The recall. greatest, the greatest Spider-Man game up until Spider-Man on the PS4. I did, man. That game was great. Spider-Man man. Two slapped. And if they're and they're and they're never gonna, it's, you're never gonna be able to buy a PS5. So that just may be the greatest game ever. <laughs> You'll never understand playing Miles so, Morales. And I know. I really good just, frame I really want to. I really want to play it, but I want to get it on the five because it was made for the five. Like, seen like the load times and stuff on it. Uh. Uh-uh. Like because the uh, so powerful, like there's no like building basically. Oh my Like goodness. you could jump between like inside and outside a building without like a load screen, or like it's like extremely minimal. That's what I'm talking about. Like it's crazy. But that was where they were always. That's where they were always going. Yeah. Also, no. I. In how they kind of program and code stuff, they've gotten really slick, and like how they integrate areas in games. Right, and then you see a game like uh, uh, what was what was the game that was supposed to save humanity, and it was Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, where like it wouldn't even load up or whatever. But then even on the PS5, it wasn't great, and then on the low versions, it was unplayable. Basically, I uh, I went over to. Uh... And I watched him play it for like five minutes, and it it, it seared my eyes. Terrible. <clears throat> well, um, like he would try three, five, not even like a fast car, like just through the, the world would just and then load in. The textures would <laughs> stop and then load in. <laughs> like, yeah, the, it's a really relaxing experience. Right, yeah, and like the the NPCs were like completely worthless. My <laughs> friend, uh, when someone goes like they're, pl- they're playing Cyberpunk, and like park their car in the middle of traffic, and then like people just stop moving, and then they put it next to city undercover cop on the Wii U, and like his car in front of traffic and like people are getting mad and like turning around like going around his car and like yelling at him <laughs> you're saying the lego game was better made than cyberpunk exactly well they're in real trouble they've um there's been three lawsuits that got merged into a class action against them and then on top of that uh, they're gonna wind up they're gonna wind up anybody who wants it's gonna get a refund on that uh, i'm sure i'm sure plus some sort of penalty but beyond even that, the quotes that come out of it is like, we as a studio sink so much into this resource-wise that we're fully committed to the next year or two making this game better and better and better. Uh, right. And, and like, kind of have to. Well, and also, like, this isn't anything new. Like, people think, like, CD Projekt Red is a good studio because, like, they make good games. They never... They've never had a good release. Was the, Witcher, the, was, was the Witcher? Were those not good releases? I, I, don't, I don't. The remember. Witcher. The Witcher Three was a buggy nightmare when it came out. What like, is it? yeah. So like now it's awesome because it's you know it's the complete edition with the DLC and they've ironed out all the bugs and everything's great now. And now it's a ten out of ten game. But that way. Huh. So like. Even when people were like, "This is this is coming of the Omnisaya. This is it, boys. We finally made it." Game. <laughs> it's like you guys are hyping this way too much up, and then it came out and it wasn't good, and then everyone was like, "Oh no, that one." <laughs> and it's it's the it's the same thing with any kind of thing with gear. Well, that definitely is what happened to uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, like there was all this hype about it, but like it came out and man, randomly generated things sometimes aren't cool. Well, and I felt bad for them because like they they didn't. Um, Anyone buying the idea, hyping the game exactly, up exactly because like they didn't oversell it. They basically were like, "Hey, man, like <laughs> it's a movie about exploring this infinite universe," and then people right. were like, "All I'm doing is exploring this infinite universe." 
Zweck. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the trailer, <laughs> school's a trailer. It's like, yeah, it's called a random universe. Of course, we picked a good looking one. Yeah, we we went through thousands of planets to find these these particular ones for the commercial. Right. So you could theoretically find this somewhere else. And again, it's it's the it's it's the same like bluster and like and the game has gotten significantly better because they people have been working on it for the past two years. Well, that and, but the thing about No Man's Sky is it's like a apparently it's a very small studio. It's like a twelve person studio, so that makes sense that over time they would refine it. Project Red, like they don't have that kind of excuse, right? But I, I happens is that a project will change frequently, especially when. Like this, this project has been in the works for so long, and technology keeps advancing. It's kind of the thing that's like it's difficult to pro because what's happening is that it, when it gets replaced, then all your whack, you have to rebuild engines, you have to change things. Like it's never an easy process, especially when you're working with like bleeding edge technology. No, and that's probably fair. Like, um, this stuff was never going to be as good as it was supposed to be. Uh, I don't know about that. I can't go that far with you. I agree it was complicated, but other people... No, I mean, I mean, like, supposed to be as in, like, what the zeitgeist around it is. Like, it's mm, never... Other people delivered. I'm, I'm going to... up to the hype. I'm going to respectfully disagree and say things like Mass Effect 2 and things like that. Yeah, and I mean, um, like... I'd, but even people had problems with Mass Effect 2. Well, no, they had problems with 3 because they didn't like the ending options. People had problems with Mass Effect 2. and not, It wasn't everyone's favorite game. It was a great game. Let, it was, let it me was say critically this. successful. Let me, let me say this. I've played Mass Effect 2. and It's the best loved, one in the series. Loved the poop out of it. Anybody who has a, a complaint about Mass Effect 2... Shake uh, it up with up. my lawyer. You should just shut up about video games. There's nothing more you could possibly want out of a video game in Mass Effect. Like, they nailed Mass Effect 2. It's the game. It's the best one of the trilogy. So, well, and I never got to play the first one, so it's tough to, I can't... I didn't it's know it's more of the... Big, and like... Although there is like... If you played one, we'll carry over into two and three. Well, yeah, and that was something like when I played two, when two came out for the PlayStation three, four, whatever it was, three, three, maybe. When it came out for the PlayStation three, you had this option in the beginning. They ran you through like almost like a web comic, and it asked you A or B like five, six times. Like, did you save Todd or did you save Michelle? And like those things, those choices trickled through yeah um so we've wasted a lot of time but let's get in and sing the praises of mitchell's versus the machines i love this movie um this is a netflix animated movie it is directed by mike Nanda and co-directed by jeff rowe i wouldn't have known that yeah um Oh, this movie got way better by because of the pandemic. Let me okay. Um, here's first of all, we both love the movie. Let me read you this little tidbit though. The film was originally planned to be released theatrically by Sony Pictures, releasing under the title "Connected" in 2020, but due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on movie theaters, Sony sold the main distribution rights to Netflix. Netflix retitled it to Rihanna and Rose preferred title, "The Mitchells versus the Machines." and released it in select theaters on April 23rd before its streaming release on April 30th. The film received universal acclaim for its animation, story, themes, humor, and representation. If this movie had just been called Connected and released theatrically, it would have bombed. Yeah. Um, That's a terrible name for this movie. Yeah, and like, it's, a, it's a common animated thing where like, oh, you make the name one word. Yeah, but you, you got to be smarter than that. Like, yeah, this but I mean, like, it fits where... the because they're like connected to phones, the internet, and then they're connected as a family. Connected. Blah 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 blah. No, I get it. I hate it. Wouldn't wouldn't would walk out of every meeting where they're talking about it, uh, rolling my eyes and calling everyone on the team stupid. Fair, like it's a it's a 
it's an okay but not interesting. No, it's not. No, it's not. I say okay is not... in like it, no. it fulfills its purpose of being a movie title. No, but I don't even agree to that. I don't. Right. It is it is it doesn't make me want to watch the movie. You a title at the very least has to make me go, oh, what are we talking about? I guess that's fair. If you told me, hey, I've got a cartoon coming out, it's called Connected. Nah, hard pass. It could be about anything. Like it's too it's too vague, it's too stupid. Right. Um But what it turned out to be is probably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen and probably on the market. Uh, let's say this. We laughed probably nonstop for the first hour, easily. Oh, yeah. And there's so many good bits and jokes. Like, I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's a long it animated the, movie, too. It's two hours. Two hours. An hour and 50-some-odd minutes. Um, it is produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. It's the fourth film they've done together. Do you want to guess their other three? Oh, I don't know. The both Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball movies and then Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, so the greatest movies of all time. All right. So, like, these are, like, those are pretty good. First of all, Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best animated movies. Of all time. I, man. Uh, that thing's incredible. Like, it... Good. It's it's probably the best Spider-Man movie ever. It won an Oscar, right? Yeah, it did. Best animated. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, man, and the 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 cast is great. Um, cast is great. Soundtrack great. Animations great. Characters are great. <laughs> like everything, that movie has. Okay, so here's a little bit more about the release here. The Mitchells versus the Machine was originally scheduled to be released theatrically in the United States on January 10th, 2020. Was later delayed to December 18th of that year. Then was delayed again due to the pandemic. Then it was removed from the release schedule. Um, then the distribution rights were sold to Net. Wow. On January 21st, 2021, Netflix bought the worldwide distribution rights to the film for about $110 million. Two months later, on March 23rd, they announced the film will release on April 30th. I guess I don't understand the economics of streaming. I don't. I don't either. That's a lot of money. Like, okay, this movie is great. Um, like everyone's rating it high, four out of five, three out of four. Um, no, it, it's, it's a ninety-eight percent approval rating, with the average rating being eight point two out of ten. Um, great, I love this movie. It's fantastic. eighty-one out of a hundred on Metacritic. This thing is rated great everywhere. Um, my issue now that I've read that number. How does where does Netflix make the money back on that? They don't. Are isn't Netflix like running like the biggest debt in the universe? Um. Well, yes and no. They it, it was debt. It was it was future owed money on long term contracts like their Disney deal. But then Disney opted out. Uh, stuff like that. Um. Yeah. They they'll sign like these fat like ten year two hundred and fifty million dollar contracts, and then that means yeah they owe two hundred and forty million dollars. You know you know what I mean like. That was where that debt number comes from. Um, and they were massively in debt. But again, a lot of it changed because a lot of these companies opted out. But $110 million for, for a cartoon. I mean, for a good movie. Listen, I think it's, I think it's amazing. But that kind of changes my opinion about it. Yeah, it's super worth it. It's, it's super good. Definitely, it's definitely worth watching. It. If you got the two hours, you should check it out. Uh, it's hilarious. It's funny. The family dynamics is really funny and really interesting. It's really cute. It's a great movie. It's fun to watch. You can watch it with the whole family. They do a lot of. They do a funny thing with the gifts that I really enjoyed. Um, I think I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, but the Sony continues to impress us with unique animation. Versus, true, truly, which has not changed its style in like ten years. Yeah, that's a good point. But that I. To be continued on a later date, I want to have a. I want to look into. I need someone to break down these economics of streaming to me. Well, you were all last episode talking about streaming is the way. 
It, well, it is, but and I totally understand spending eighty to ninety million dollars to develop this original property, but I guess I, I guess I just don't understand. Well, it's weird about it is they didn't even develop it; they just bought the streaming rights. That's what I'm saying. Like, just walk up and write a check to Sony for one hundred and ten million dollars. But, yeah. but that means they weren't involved at all in the production. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right? I, don't, I, just, I say I this is know. a Netflix movie. This isn't even a Netflix movie. Right? Really, it's not. It's a Sony movie that Netflix bought. But I mean, it's just that's a. I don't know, man. That's a big number that uh, that it's gonna bother oh, you for man. a couple days. Well, it's just it makes me curious how that how it works. Where do they listen? You know me. You know I like to kind of. I'm a very businessy person. Like when someone describes a business to me or describes, you know, oh, you know. Well, when, when Joey was doing his baseball stuff, when the captain, Joey Savage, started doing his baseball stuff, we said a year before he even started doing it, that could be a business. Um, and the end of the show. Yeah, look where we are now, where he's, he's running a business doing kids, you know, tournaments and, and happy for it and all that stuff. However, um, I wasn't like joking Devin? about the end of the show. We're running out of time. <laughs> oh, okay. I just I don't understand about the numbers there. I, I'm very concerned. Okay, so before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody to go to Comic Conro. Uh, the convention's coming up July 23rd to 25th. We um, are we have our own code NTR5 that you can type in at uh, www.comicconro.com. Two words, all one word, two C's in the middle. There, don't mess that up. Um, they just posted a brand new video. We're going to share it to our page here to, to, today. Kevin Sorbo saying hi to everybody. He is the main guest. Um, as we get a little bit closer, we're going to have these guys on to kind of talk about the convention and kind of tell us what they think about it and tell us what else is going on with it. But you can save $5 when you buy your tickets using the code NTR5. Make sure you go to Comic Conroe right there, Lone Star Convention Center, July 23rd to 25th. It's coming up. Um, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself, the adventure begins comics, games, and more in Comic Conroe. I do want to say same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I am going to call Netflix. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I have to know. I have to understand. I'm I have looking to know. It just doesn't make sense to me where they, where's the money go in and come out at? I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, all that being said, we'll be back on Monday at 2 p.m. This is Corey DLG, the mayor of the weekend, declaring this week over. We'll see you on Monday. Hello, Conroe. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to let everybody know that there is a comic book convention called Comic Conroe, coming July 23rd through the 25th right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Interested parties should go to facebook.com backslash comic Conroe with two C's there in the middle. And people interested in buying tickets, they're only $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Interested parties should also check out using the discount code NTR5 for a $5 savings off their ticket. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.